Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. get a lot of that that was the BBC's theme music from their coverage of World Cup 2002 which of course was held in South Korea and Japan Sam any thoughts about that that Two piece countries. of music oh yeah it was really good it was like one of those sort of mad animated Japanese pop songs you yeah. might see with like two young girls in rucksacks with Mickey Mouse ears. Yeah, and pop the, song, pop song, good fun, yeah. And, and a bit like where their eyes start uh, turning into lasers and stuff. Lucky and, laser eye. And all the viewers get epileptic fits. FIFA World Cup is lots of good. Yeah, I enjoyed that. It was a bit Paul Oakenfoldy as well, so it was kind yeah. of modern for the time. It was great. Um, but why would you choose two countries? It doesn't trip off the tongue. World Cup 2002 in Japan and South Korea. Well, apparently they, they put in separate bids and neither of them had the, had the minerals to be able to pull it off, so they teamed up and managed to get it. I, I think FIFA were just trying this. to expand the World Cup across the across the globe. Should be one country. You know, it, the next, the one after next is going to be three fucking countries. Yeah. USA, Canada and Mexico, which, by the way, does sound awesome. Yeah. I mean, as a, tri- to all of that. Yeah, as a trip, that's yeah. the best World Cup ever. But nevertheless... And did you know that Euro 2020 is going to be held right across Europe as well? Is that right? Yeah. That's only two years away. Yeah. Wembley, so we, we, Wembley's got the semi-finals and the final, I think. And the rest yes. of it's going to be right across the continent. Just yeah. as we fuck off out with Brexit. But I mean, <laughs> you know, they've got... I suppose the land mass is not dissimilar to... It's probably smaller than the one that's going to spread Canada, yeah. Mexico, that's it, so, yeah. and, and, and USA. Yeah, so fuck it. All right. I've, so, I've, I've, I've changed my position entirely. You bang into it and now. And I think that the bigger the World Cup, the better. Should play it in the whole world. Yeah. And beyond. Make it a truly World Cup. So 2002, South mm. Korea and Japan meant only one thing. Breakfast booze. Yeah, I Matches that played really in the morning. Fondly, yeah. And if it was an England game, which... the the Brazil definitely was the the, um, the one that we went out in. Which is well, talk, talk me through your morning routine for that game. Um, get out of bed about half six. Mm. Get set on the, the piss. You set the alarm. Get on the piss. Yeah, but what about the logistics? Because would you just so, in the house? So, you, but you would have stocked the night before some well, yeah. Stella. You're thinking ahead. I'm not an animal. I'm not going to go out there in the office six in the morning buy some cans. Well, would you be able to find somewhere selling them that early? Probably not back There's then. There's always a shop. Probably There's not a... back then. We didn't have 24-hour licenses, did we? A, there was always a dodgy, like, convenience store yeah. where you could go Under the outside of ours and give them a yeah. little wink. And weirdly, they'd often give it to you in a big black bin liner. I don't know why. <laughs> 
But anyway, no, I was stocked up as well. I was the same. You set the alarm, you get up. I would have stocked up also um, on really nice breakfast goods. So mm-hmm. like I'd have a bacon sarni or something yeah. like that. And yeah, straight on the straight. A bacon sarni is enough to to keep you sort of to, to line your stomach before yeah, you get got six something. cans of Stella in you. It basically was like Christmas, but for a whole month because there's very few days in the year where there's legitimised breakfast drinking. Christmas is one of them, isn't it? Yeah. Would you? How early would you have a can on Christmas Day? Well, you wouldn't. You'd have a book's fizz, wouldn't you? First yeah, thing in the morning. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the polite. You'd thing probably to have do, a can at about half eleven, I reckon. Yeah. That's the polite thing to do, because family come in and go, would you like a Bucks Fizz? And really, you're thinking, fuck a Bucks Fizz, <laughs> because that will just be annoying, because it'll be a tiny amount of alcohol in a stupid little yeah. glass that gives me a taste, mm. but not enough. Yeah. And so, really, you And once want... you start, you can't stop, can you? No, but and really, you're sort of thinking, I just want a can of Stella. Yeah. From the can right away. I don't it's even want to open my presents. I just and want you've... to get drunk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you have to go through the motions, don't you, mate? Yeah. But Tell us not, about it. Uh, not at World Cup Japan 2002 because you'd just be either on your own or with your mates. Yep. And it, you'd all be at it. I think some people had jobs and couldn't partake in it quite like that. But yeah. um, perhaps they went into work drunk. I don't know. I'm not, I didn't have a proper job back then. Yeah, I didn't have a proper job in 2002. I was freelance, so for me... It that's was, same who, that yeah. means unemployed, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, just unemployed. It was like no problem at all. Yeah. So that was the, um, that was the, basically the backdrop of it was, was breakfast booze. I think it might have been the, the catchphrase of the tournament, mightn't it? Breakfast booze. Yeah. If there'd been hashtags in those days, that would have been breakfast trending Breakfast booze would have been day. the one. We should look at the mascots, I suppose. Um, I'm quite appalled by the mascots. Mascots? Of so the they ma- had two countries and two mascots? Fucking three mascots, mate. Oh, my God. Three of them. And they were called the Spherics. Are you Googling them now? Oh, shit. I don't know what they are. They're different colours. Um, there's a blue one and there's a purple one. And I haven't got them all here. There's a yellow one as well. Oh, I can see them now, mate. They're a fucking... Oh, they're a disaster. They're a car crash. They look like... Excuse excuse my language, but they look like a fucking bunch of cunts. Yeah, basically. And they're called the spherics. And um, their they're names... They're not even fucking <coughs> spherical. That's the first <coughs> They're, they're quite angular, aren't they, if anything? Yeah. Not spherical at all. The, there's, there's Atto, which is the coach of the team. Cunt. And there's Nick, who's the blue one. Dickhead. And Kaz is the purple one. Arsehole. And their names were voted for in McDonald's restaurants in South Korea and Japan in 2001. Oh, my God. This is when the World Cup turned to shit, wasn't it? This, is this for me, is a watershed World yeah. Cup. We're not going was, back after this. It was half good, half bad, this World Cup. And after 2002, let's all be honest here, the World Cup has been in the... We don't know. We're recording this where we're only uh, less than a week into just a week in, aren't in, we? Yeah, into Russia 2018. So it might. I need to fly the flag for 2014. I'm going to get very excited when we get to do that one because I All thought right. it was incredible. But yeah. t- 2006 in Germany, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, God. 2010 oh, South Africa when Italy won and they weren't even a good team. Yeah, some fucking Vivu Sailors. Oh, Jesus Christ, it was terrible, but. This World Cup, it was all right. It had it its was. moments. England, I thought, were pretty good in this World Cup. Um, Can I just, just a little bit more on the Spherics? Yeah. This is from the official FIFA press release or whatever it was at the time. Um, the mascots, at no point did FIFA explain what they were. 
what creatures they were or anything. Just refer to them as the mascots. They to be mysterious. <clears throat> they said the mascots live high in the sky in a place called Atmo Zone, where they play their own version of football. Atmo Ball. So they're fucking football what mascots the and they don't fuck? even fucking play football. They play something called Atmo Ball. Absolutely unbelievable. And there was a 26-part spin-off TV series about them as well. Some of it's on YouTube. Uh, an idea that was stolen from, from Naranjito from 1982. But yeah, unwatchable. Disgusting. At more fucking ball. <sighs> so they invented a new game to promote an existing game. Yeah. Played by these fucking angular, brightly coloured bits of shit. Oh. Hello. Who could that be? Oh, no. FIFA. <laughs> Oh no, it's the spherics have got in touch. <laughs> From oh, the past. Shit. Um Yeah, the spherics were terrible. They had no character whatsoever. And that really, in a way, is part of the prob the problem is is that they were representing two different countries with different cultures. And um, you know, in the past we've agreed we have agreed that the very best mascots are always ones that have taken some sort of recognisable stereotype yeah. of a particular However country. offensive, yeah. Yeah, so, you such know, as, your favourite's 1982. Naranjito from 82, and then Peaky, of course, yeah, from 1986. Pepper. Jalapeno. So those were great, and then we felt after that, they started being less good. Chow in because 1990. Chow in 1990 should have been a pizza, shouldn't it? If it had continued yeah. the trend and you just you give a face to a food stuff and make it play football, it should have been a footballing pizza. Or, or perhaps a character on a moped that sliced arses. Slicing, or maybe a pizza on a moped with a football under one arm and an arse <laughs> slicer in the other. Could you get a, a, a two-for-one pizza slicer that also doubled up as an arse one slicer? One of those wheels. Yeah. yeah. Can you slice an arse with a wheel? It would work really well. Can you slice an arse with a wheel? Yeah, with a pizza wheel. That'd be really sharp, wouldn't It'd it? Be, it? They are fucking sharp, those things, aren't they? Yeah, but could you do an arsehole one? There's only one way to find out. <laughs> well, get in touch, listeners. If any of you have attempted to slice an arse, perhaps your own, yeah. with a pizza wheel, we'd like to know how effective it is. Yeah, don't do it with someone else. Do it on yourself. Does, does it have the traction required yeah. for, you, for your arse? Um, and America should have been like a hot dog. Mm. And they Although, had Striker. If it was hot dog, that would step on our toes oh, in terms of Mr. Mr. Sausage. Sausage. Yeah, we don't want that, do we? Because uh, Britain, England, 2000, and well, we're we're hoping to get it off Qataris because because with it, with the introduction of Mr. Sausage, you think that can help steal can the World Cup? Because away? I think they're already on shaky ground because of the corruption and yeah. the, and the bad circumstances surrounding that World Cup. We're trying to nick it, and we think that Mr. Sausage is our trump card. Yeah. So, not Mr. Hot Dog. Maybe Mr. Cheeseburger. Mayor McCheese. They've already fucking got it. They should have just used Mayor McCheese in 94. Yeah, exactly. Ridiculous. 98 should have been a... Uh, a fr well, a f quite literally, a frog. <laughs> <laughs> this is it! Shall we listen to the songs that the um, home nations, if you want to call them that, yeah, cobbled together. Yeah, it's it's getting worse, tournament yep. by tournament, really. Um, so let's have a little listen to that.
awful. Absolutely awful. It's just terrible. 12 long years since World in Motion, and that is what we're reduced to. And how, how Deck. How could we have gone into such rapid decline between 1990 and 2012? After, well, I just think World in Motion was just a one off game changer. And then one off, and it didn't. You would have thought that gives direction, but mm, it didn't. Well, it didn't because then Ian McCulloch and the Spice Girls took it and. and Balls did up with whatever their song yeah. was called in '98, and then Ant and Deck. I don't know. I don't know what that was supposed to be. I mean, I like Ant and Deck, but come yeah. on, lads, that is bollocks. It's like when they did remix of the Likely Lads. It didn't need to be done. Yeah, exactly. They were quality control. Now, wouldn't hurt. I think now they're rich enough to be able to turn down Not stuff. Double they in do shit what like they like. They do the old show in the jungle, and they do Britain's Got Talent, and the then rehab. They, they just turn shit down. And well, the the one problem is is that. You know, Ant is off on the piss and yeah. doing all sorts of getting up to all sorts of stuff if the tabloids are to be believed. And maybe that is because he's got he's rich enough to have too much time on his hands. Uh, that could be right. So perhaps they should be doing more. When World they Cup were songs. busier, when they were fucking doing the lightly lads and World Cup songs and they were just saying yes to everything, you don't have time to be getting on the proper what's the, piss. What's the phrase? Idle hands of the devil's yeah. play thing, something like that. And that's what's happened to him. Whereas, you know, when you're off doing the songs he you can't be on the cans in the studio when you're recording a, a World Cup song. No, absolutely you, not. You shouldn't be, Serious anyway. business. Yeah. And then the Island one was a song called Here Come the Good Times, which was a, a remake of a song by a group called A House. Shit um, name for a, a band. Yeah. Shit song. Good yep. title for a song. Here Come the Good Times. I, I like that. Mm-hmm. I see the title, I get excited, I think I'm going to hear a good thing, then the yep. good times never materialise. The promised good times never materialise. They didn't, because Roy Kane and Mick McCarthy had that massive falling out before the tournament even oh, started. That was the best bit. That was Ireland's peak of that. I don't remember anything else about Ireland's tournament other than that. That's the best bit of the history of the Republic of Ireland. Yeah. Uh, football team. The whole thing. Uh, is it up there in <laughs> terms of them gaining independence? It's close. Hmm. When people think, what are the greatest moments? They'll go, well, one was when we had independence. We we achieved independence from the British. And probably second was when Roy Keane shouted, stick out your bollocks, you English cunt, at Mick McCarthy. Mick McCarthy, yeah. Yeah. Which is the single best footballing quote of all time, isn't it? It is. The 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 two events kind of intertwine as well, really, don't they, on so many levels. What, the independent? Yeah. The independent, exactly, because yeah. Ireland really was saying the same thing yeah. to the Brits Back then, they were saying, stick out your bollocks, you English cunts. Yeah. And then Roy Keane did the same thing to Mick and, McCarthy. Um, and w- and went mean, home. How would you stick something up your bollocks? It's impossible, isn't it? It's a yeah. dilemma. It's just fucking... Only the mind... Unless uh, someone had just ridden past on a moped and sliced them open. With a pizza wheel. With a pizza wheel. Oh, no, that's horrible. It's becoming a bit grim this now, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. But only... We'll not dwell on that. Only the perverse and wonderful mind... Of Roy Keane could come up with a notion like sticking that up your bollocks. Those people that were there, including Niall Quinn, have said that it was one of the greatest pieces of oratory they've ever <laughs> really? witnessed. Really? Yeah. It went on for about 20 minutes, I think, and it was just is there, a, is there a, a sustained, relentless attack on McCarthy, his character, his methods. Oh, he's like, you're a shit player and you're a shit player and you're a shit manager. Yeah. And Quinn says it, it, it was stunning, but I think. By the time it got to sticking up your bollocks, Keane had possibly started to run out of steam a bit 
and uh, I didn't have anything else to say, so he just pulled that one out and then, it's and called, then it's flounced rubber, out of the room. We could make a film about this because it's actually called, on Wikipedia, it's called The Saipan Incident, Ooh. and it's got its own page. The Saipan Incident was a public quarrel, nice use of the word quarrel, <laughs> in May 2002 between Republic of Ireland International football team's captain Roy Keane and manager Mick McCarthy. Doesn't there need to be two people involved for it to be a quarrel? Yeah, <laughs> when the team was preparing in Saipan for its matches in Japan. It resulted in Keane being sent home from the squad. Right, here we go. The Irish Times uh, increased tensions greatly. There was an article in there. Mick McCarthy held up a copy of the article in training and asked, what's, what's this all about? And an argument started. Mick McCarthy then accused Keane of faking injury when Ireland were playing Iran in the second leg of the playoff. <laughs> Keane then unleashed a stinging verbal tirade against McCarthy. Mick, you're a liar. You're a fucking wanker. <laughs> really straight in. Mick, you're a liar. You're a fucking wanker. I didn't rate you as a player. I don't rate you as a manager. And I don't rate you as a person. You're a fucking wanker. And you can stick your World Cup up your ass. Oh. The only reason I have any dealings with you is that somehow you are the manager of my country. You can stick it up your bollocks, you English cunt. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Niall Quinn observed in his autobiography that Roy Keane's 10-minute oration was <laughs> clinical, fierce, earth-shattering to the person on the end of it, and it ultimately caused a huge controversy in Irish society. <laughs> oh, fantastic. And then, of course, Keane then flew home and took his dog for a walk and said nothing else. When you see Trinks. him now, when you see him now, mm. and all these years later, um, what is that, 16 years ago, right? Yeah. 16 years ago, he always looks, and you watch him now doing the punditry during the 2018 World Cup, he still looks like he's seething about it. He's seething he about something. He has never let it go. No. I feel that he feels that he left things unsaid in Saipan <laughs> and they're still boiling within within him. Did you see him the other day when Slavin Bilic kept touching him on the shoulder? Oh, it's hilarious. And he was just like looking at him and flinching. There's so much stuff on... Yeah, because what's interesting is Slavin Bilic is a open-minded, erudite, relax, a man who is relaxed in his own skin. Yeah. Right, he's comfortable in his own skin. Continental man. He, he knows who he is as a man. He knows that he's flawed. He knows life is ultimately absurd. He knows that he even has a feminine side to him. <laughs> Roy Keane is none of those things. Roy, Roy Keane's a great man. But he's a man's man. He's a man's man. And when he keeps touching him on the shoulder, it is such a brilliant sort of clash of cultures that it's mesmerising to watch. I mean, what would Roy Keane do if you went up and gave him a cuddle? Mm, don't know. I mean, I would like you wouldn't, to. You wouldn't. You just wouldn't dare, would you? You wouldn't dare, but I would love to do a it. Because friend, I think it, it would be nice for him. A friend of mine was in a cinema queue in Manchester once, and um, Roy Keane was further towards the front of the queue. So she she went up to the to the kiosk where they were selling the tickets and asked if um, she could borrow a pen. And she went up with uh, a piece of paper and the pen to, to Roy Keane and says, Roy, could I get an autograph, please? And Roy just continued to look straight ahead and just said, I'm not Roy Keane. <laughs> Interaction Wonderful. ended. Wonderful. So, um, so that was that was Ireland's tournament. Basically, they they actually got some football. They later did all on. right, actually. They did all right. They got out of the group. They drew one 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 with Cameroon. Cameroon, of course, experimenting with sleeveless shirts in two thousand and two. Oh, I loved that. Yeah, 
more why, of that, please. Why is that not continued? But the thing is, you they're need... not get outlawed or something by FIFA. Yeah, typical you, wankers. You, what you need is really nicely defined arm muscles, which all of the Cameroonians had. Yeah, you wouldn't get it with like um, the Swedes, would you? Or the no, Deans. or even the English. I mean, it's different now because all the players are quite muscly. But no, back in the day, it worked. It, it, it worked with Cameroon, shit. didn't they it? They looked the fucking business. Yeah, and then uh, Ireland drew one-one with Germany. Robbie Keane equalised in the last minute, and then they beat Saudi Arabia three-nil. Got out of the group, and then unfortunately went out in the next round on a penalty shootout against Spain. Mm, but still, that they did all right. They did all right, considering an English bastard was the manager. Mm. Bastard! This is it. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is it. England. England, of course, were led in this World Cup by Sven-Goran Eriksson, a foreign man. England's yeah. first ever foreign manager, and there was outrage when he got the job. That bloke who turns up at all the sporting events dressed up in Union Jacks. Ken Bailey. He was it him who stood outside the FA headquarters on the day that <laughs> on the day that um, set fight to himself, did he? <laughs> like one of those Vietnam, Vietnam protesting monks set fight himself in the road. Britannia, that yeah. woman. Who is Britannia? She's off the. Um, she, is she not off the um, the old Anglia TV introduction thing on that silver yeah, horse? Where did they invent her, or is she an actual thing? I don't know. Should I bore to see her? Or something like that. She was our Bo to see it. She yeah. was like she was like our Princess Leia. Yeah. But in the past. Yeah, but of olden times. Alright. So yeah, Sven Goran Eriksson got the job and he was assisted by the um quite sinisterly named Todd Grip. Show them what you can Ooh. do, Todd. Todd, get on the wardrobe. <laughs> shit shit in the cup, Todd. <laughs> you see, English, we Swedes are also uh, capable of how you call it. Banter, Todd, <laughs> show them what you can do. See, he should, he can shit for much, but but boss, we can't see him on the bunk beds. Like, <laughs> keep looking. Oh no, he's up on the floodlights. <laughs> I can't even believe it. You can't shake from there, man. This is next level. This. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, the Swedes have really brought a whole new level of uh of training to us. One of them was shaking off a floodlight into a tiny thimble. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, their arrival wasn't welcomed by everybody. Jeff Powell in the Daily Mail uh, wrote an impassioned piece against the appointment of Sven Goran Eriksson and he said, um, 
we sell our birthright down the fjord to a nation of seven million skiers and hammer throwers who spend half their year living in total darkness. Wow. And <laughs> yeah, hell. exactly. Don't fucking ha- don't fucking hold back, Jeff. And then he said uh, he just said that the appointment had hastened the arrival of third world Britain, right? Uh, and that one more week, and we shall be stockpiling petrol and hoarding food. Yeah, and so that came to pass. I think he also described it as hole in the corner justice. Fuck me, Jeff Powell, what an absolute maniac! I mean, of course he would have been one of the. I think he's brown bread now. But whatever. Rest I mean, in peace, Jeff you know, Powell. It's that kind of attitude that led us to Brexit. And as it turns out, we will be stockpiling petrol. We but will. it won't be we can't blame Sven or Todd. Jeff Powell was just ahead of his time, wasn't he? Really? Talking of Todd trying to you know, for, if you're not a regular listener, the reason we referred to Todd doing a shit from distance is that that refers back to uh, Graham Taylor's assistant manager, Steve Harrison, who famously was able to suspend himself between two bunk beds and shit into a cup for the entertainment and morale of the players. Um, And it was subsequently his undoing. His greatest talent was also his greatest flaw, if you will. But uh, I have some experience of this, not personally, but after the great storms of 1987, which you'll remember, Andy, mm. which swept the southeast. Actually, it didn't, wouldn't have touched you up, up in Sunderland. No, we didn't have any of that. But anyway, you know it happened. You were yeah. fucking all loving it, probably, weren't yeah. you? And the, near the, the part near my school, there was a small sort of, like, stream in it, and, two, and trees collapsed on either side of the stream. Right. And they collapsed into each other to form a giant V. They were very tall trees right. and they were leaning against each other. See what I mean? And we went down there and it so the, the collapse of various trees and things had made it quite interesting. We sort of made a little camp out there. Right. We were like 12. At lunchtime, we went down to the park and built a little sort of secret den. Mm-hmm. You know, den. I know what a den is. And, uh, no. and we thought, well... Uh, We've got we've got quite a lot of stuff down, and we take stuff down there and hide it, like under the bushes, equipment and such like. And then we decided it needed a toilet, and so we brought some toilet paper, which we wrapped in bin liner to stop it from getting damp. And <laughs> then we challenged Matthew Judkins, who was one of the <laughs> den builders, to climb up the trees. I'm telling you, this was like about fucking twenty foot high in the air, right? Yeah. And we said. Do a sh- he said, where are we going to do a shit? And it, we went up those trees, and we challenged him to climb up to the top of the trees and do a shit from height into like the Like Steve Harrison. Yeah, a bit like him, but extreme Steve Harrison. <laughs> yeah. So he said, but if I climb up that high, people will see me. So we said, well, we'll walk back into the main part of the park, and we'll shout to you when you're seen. Right, yeah. And then you'll know what level at which you can shit but still be disguised by the right. other trees. Helpful. So we went back. And he climbed. He said, can you see me now? We went, no. Can you see me now? No. Can you see me now? And then he emerged. And he was really high up. And we saw him really high. And he said, can you see me from there? And we said, no, we can't. But we fucking <laughs> could. could. And he pulled his pants down and did a <laughs> shit. But what was really funny about it was there was fifth years in the park as well having a smoke. <laughs> and they all stood up and they went, oh, what's that fucking kid up there doing? And we were like... We were cunts. We were like, I don't know. He's not one of fucking mental. He's fucking mental. And they were going, oh, he's doing a shit. And we're going, oh, my God, he's doing a shit. That's disgusting. And they're going, who is it? Who is it? And we go, no, we don't know him. We don't know him. He came down and they fucking chased him and beat him up. Right. But, but what was his crime? 
Why did he deserve a beating? We fucking sold him out, right? Yeah. We thought it was so funny that we tricked him into doing a shit up in the sky. <laughs> and then he got caught. I mean, by got the, the time he'd done his life. it, there was no way we could stop him from getting beaten up. No. We couldn't stop it. Not for the and fifth years. We didn't expect the fifth years to actually become violent. You thought we they would have seen the funny side, we wouldn't you? We thought they would have laughed and yeah. teased him. But it's amazing what people react to. It was like one time... My mate claimed that he'd fucked his own cat, right? And he was only... He, I don't think he had. I think he was just saying it. But, and I went, oh, I can't believe it. And these two bigger lads who we were walking along by the river with, right, turned around and went, what? What are you talking about? And I said, he just said he'd fucked his own cat. And rather than laugh and tease him, they became furious and they grabbed him by the ankles and dangled him over the River Thames and dicked his head in. Yeah. As punishment. And I sort of think... I think that's the right response, though. Why would you get angry? Because you fucked a cat. I know, but obviously it's fucking just schoolboy bullshit. But yeah, you're right. If you're a cat lover, I suppose they that... Might right, really one... extra... they, 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 those kids might have sort of done some part-time work at a cat sanctuary in the weekends. And that would yeah. have really, <laughs> yeah. really antagonised them, if you think about it. You've yeah. got to be careful what you see and who you see it there these days. Yeah, I know, but that was the second example of where I was the fucking snide who'd grasped him. Yeah. I didn't do it this on This isn't purpose. making you look good. No, I didn't do it like, oh, I'm going to grasp you. I just was like, they were walking a few yards ahead of us. I went, oh, fucking hell, when he said it. And they went, what, 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 what did he say? <laughs> and I blurted out, and he said he fucked his cat. And the next thing, his head's in the Thames. So what was your what was your initial response to when he said it? We did you think it Shock. was funny? Well, there you go then. But there you not, go then. I wasn't looking f- for reprisals. It's just he's just lucky that they weren't the other kids weren't on vespers with pizza slices in their hands. Should have slashed, That's the correct response. To yeah, the cat fucker. Slice his ass. Slice his ass open with a pizza. We'll see how he likes that. This is it. I've got to say, Jeff Powell is still with us and still writing for the Daily Mail. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, he's, I'm sorry, he's, but... He's, he's on Twitter as well. He's not all that good at it. His last tweet was June the 16th. Um, and he, he he tweeted, if C. Ronaldo played for Spain, they would be unstoppable. And he's done hashtag Russia 2018, hashtag World Cup 2018 Russia, hashtag Ronaldo hat Rick. Um, and, but he hasn't put any link to anything that he's written about it. No. He doesn't put links in. He just says, "See the website." Right, so okay. He's he's but, he's I still mean, with us, but not completely. Jeff Powell, that is the thing. Is it's the, the, the what you wrote about Sven Goran Eriksson's appointment was ignorant and vitriolic. One more week, and we shall be stockpiling petrol and hoarding food. But then Sven took the England team to Germany in a qualifier and won 5-1 and that just shut them cunts up straight away, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, England were pretty good under Sven. They were. 2002, it was the start of this golden generation we keep hearing about, it was, wasn't it? And, and, you know, we were good in that tournament. We beat Argentina, which was great, and then mm-hmm. we lost to Brazil, who went on to win it. They're a very good team. You they know, were. So. And was that Ronaldinho free kick from, yeah, from the Seaman, halfway line? Seaman what was balls that up, didn't he? He did. Um, did Ronaldinho mean it, do you think? Don't care. No, I'm not bothered either. No. I know it's a football podcast, but I'm not that arsed. No, who cares? Um, going back to the Argentina game, it was Beckham's vindication because he took the penalty that won us mm. the match. Yeah. Uh, Pochettino brought down Michael Owen in the box yeah. to give the penalty away. Simeone offered a handshake to Beckham before he took the penalty. Beckham snubbed him. Did he? He did. He was trying to play fucking mind games He was, with him, wasn't yeah. He? he was trying to get another kick out of him. Probably said something with Victoria as well as he went past. Apparently, the Argentinians after that victory in '98 had 
celebrated in an antagonistic way on the coach to to, to in front of the England they? players. They'd right. given it they'd given it large portions. Were the two coaches going off sort of side by side on the motorway? Yeah, yeah. they went past them and, and they were mooning and all yeah. that stuff. Giving them the wanker signs and Juan all that. Juan Sebastian sort of Veron was rubbing his ass up and down against the window, <laughs> and then on the other coach, you had like Nicky Butt with a pizza wheel. <laughs> Fucking he couldn't get, get at him. him yeah. He couldn't get at him. It was the frustration was overwhelming. Yeah, he ended up fucking pizza wheeling his own ass in frustration. Fucking hell. So yeah, England got out of the group. They drew with Sweden 1-1. They beat Argentina and then they drew 0-0 with Nigeria. It was a bit of a dicey one because Argentina drew with Sweden and I think if Argentina had beaten Sweden, England would have been out. Well, even though we'd... Even though we'd beaten them, yeah. We I think drew we were, with we Sweden, were point, beat them. We were a point ahead of Argentina in the end of it. Right. It's all on Wikipedia. You can look it up if you yeah, don't believe me. Yeah, I mean, me. fucking hell. But then we beat Denmark 3-0 in the round of 16, as it's called. Yeah. And it kind of felt as if something was happening. It felt as if we could possibly get somewhere. But that bloody Brazil team. Yeah, because at that, ga- at that, us. At that stage, we'd played four games and we'd only conceded one goal. Yeah. We had Rio Ferdinand and uh, Sol Campbell in defence. And so we were, we were a solid team. And then, yeah, but we came up against Brazil too we soon. We just didn't have enough, did we? We lacked that little bit of extra magic. And we then did. I remember the when Brazil got to the final... And Ronaldo had that strange hairstyle in this World Cup, didn't he? Yeah, he had hair at the front, but nowhere else. A little island. A little hair well, island you know, at the front. That's yeah. when I was when I'm. Well, I said it wasn't really an bald. island because there wasn't any mainland. It was a. It was just like a. Well, if you imagine his whole head was a, was an ocean. Yeah, and it was just one isolated. It was a hair desert island, wasn't it? Yeah, it I wonder was. if it had a love tree on it. Yeah, it was very Tiny much. Love tree. It was. It was. You know, the, it was. A, it was a tribute to Roger Miller and the island that he once right. d- lived upon, dwelled upon with his love, only his love tree for company. Of course, and he was inspired by Roger Miller's mm-hmm. antics in the two thousand in the nineteen ninety World Cup, and that's why he got a hair made in the shape of his. That's love what island. it was, with the 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 fuck tree, mm. in the middle of it. Uh, so that's England and Ireland. We've obviously adopted Ireland as a home nation for these podcasts. Yeah. Um, other teams that were notable in 2002, Senegal. They yeah. came out of nowhere and beat France in the opening match. Yeah. France, of course, were the defending champions. Senegal got out of the group and they beat Sweden in the knockout stage. And uh, that was all very groovy. Everyone El-Hajj enjoyed that. El Hajj was sort of their star player, El Hajj Juf, yeah, he was. He ended up at Sunderland eventually a few years later. Did once he? he'd, once he'd Sort of spunked away all the goodwill at Liverpool. And yeah, I mean, I think he was at Bolton for a while as well, a- wasn't he? Now there was a real bastard. Yeah, I can't remember if he was a bastard in this World Cup for Senegal. I don't think he was. He was but, all it was all talent and yeah, flashes of brilliance in this World Cup. He subsequently showed himself to be a real like mega bastard in the, the Premier League. Yeah, he? spitting and he stuff. He loved to spit and say all sorts of nasty things to people. There's a story when he signed for Sunderland. I don't know if it's true or not, but there's a story where he'd, he'd signed the contract for Sunderland. Um, it, then he drove out of the training ground, turned mm. right, drove up the road about 400 yards, knocked on the first door that he came to and offered to buy the house <laughs> of the person that lived there. How much you want for the house? <laughs> I'll give you a million pounds. <laughs> yeah, all I think right. that's how sounds, he spoke. Sounds good. So, yeah, so this fella's just sitting there watching Coronation Street and there's a knock at the door. It's El Hadj Juf trying to buy his house off him. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a good idea for a property show. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just him going round different cities, just knocking on door at random. By the most convenient house to his own personal needs. Yeah, 
Today, we're filming in Bristol. So El Hajj has decided to buy a house as close to the filming location as possible. <laughs> we have told him we're not even staying here for one night, but he still insists he needs a house for the duration of our stay. <laughs> so that's El Hajj Jufi. He was the star of Senegal. Um, other what, South Korea, the hosts of the World Cup. They were co-hosts. Good. Fucking got to the semi-final. Something funny going on there. There's some really funny going on. There's some very strange refereeing decisions that a lot of mm. um, people got quite upset about. Um, the, Japan the, were all right as well. Japan did they? all right, yeah. Japan did okay, but not as good as South Korea. But South Korea were managed by Gus Hiddink, and they were oh, very energetic and attack minded. I think they were yeah. playing like a three four three formation, um, and uh, they played Italy in the round of sixteen, and they they won that one two one, and it was An Jung Wan who headed the golden goal winner. I think that was the first golden goal, possibly. No, it was the golden goals in ninety eight. Do you remember? Don't think so. I'm not sure. But anyway, Arn Hung Wan um, scored the golden goal winner against Italy. He was on loan at Perugia in Serie A at the time. And the following day, he had his loan spell cancelled ah. in an act of spite. Pathetic. Because they put Italy out of the World Cup. Pathetic. And then they went on and beat Spain on penalties in the quarterfinal with some even more dubious refereeing. That's sensational. There. They beat Italy, then Spain. Yep. That is absolutely incredible. And they only went out because they'd lost 1-0 to Germany in the semi-finals. And Germany weren't very good, really, were they? Germany, no. Germany were really bog-standard in this World Cup. and But there weren't that many great teams in this one. Brazil Italy, were head and shoulders above the rest. They were, they? yeah. Italy weren't much cop. France had a nightmare. France went out in the groups. Zidane was injured. What about Holland, were they even in it? I've got no recollection. Maybe. No, they're not I in don't me have notes. Any memories at all? Nothing at all. Turkey, they were an odd one. They were so, the other semi-finalists that yeah. went out, and they kind of ghosted their way there. They, were, they only got four points in their group, and they put out Costa Rica on goal difference, so they only just squeaked out of the group. But then they beat Japan and they beat Senegal one nil. And then they lost one to Brazil in the semi-finals. So Turkey kind of... They weren't that good, but they somehow managed to get a couple of good draws and, and ghost their way into the semis. Yeah, that's a weird one. The final four usually, you know... Well, you don't usually see teams you like don't South Korea see and Turkey no, exactly. in the semi-finals. Sometimes you get a little bit of a surprise in the semis, but not that much of a surprise. So no, so they were, they were the teams that kind of stood out the most. Um, players that stood out the most, Ronaldo again... He wasn't the force that he was in 98, but he scored eight fucking goals that in this is tournament. amazing. Eight goals. Usually five or six five is or enough six to does get it. the to, golden the, boot. The, the, no, no, the golden shoe. The golden fucking shoe. The golden like loafer. Cinderella. The golden loafer. Yeah. So um, Ronaldo got eight because he'd had a cruciate ligament injury in 2000 as well. So uh, some of that blistering pace that he'd had in 98 had gone. Yeah. So he wasn't the player that he, he had been, but he still managed eight fucking goals. Of course, he had Rivaldo aiding and abetting him but yeah. Rivaldo's tournament highlight was the, the 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 comedic fall in the match against Turkey where he fell over like a massive ponce that's not that was disgusting wasn't it, it was that also hilarious the Turkey player kicked the ball at him hit him he kind of on his, his knee yeah didn't and it? then he grabbed his face and fell over Grab, yeah and he was um, the Turkish player got a red card for that why would you how would you possibly have the time or inclination to do that during a football match like, there's no... I mean, if someone... If you're tangling with someone... Yeah. Like, physically, sometimes you can see where they thought, I'll make the most of this. Yeah. But someone's just kicked a ball You've got him. the cameras of the world trained on yeah. you. He never bounced back from that. Did you see Pepe the other day, Portugal against 
I think it was Morocco. No. Where someone came up behind Pepe and sort of kind of tapped him in a friendly manner on the shoulder, and yeah. Pepe went down he as collapsed. if he'd been shot. And that's Pepe. Big yeah. lad, brave lad, you'd imagine, but no. King of the shithouses. Yeah. So <laughs> does does Rivaldo win King Bastard of 2002 for that, that solitary piece of stupidity, so. do you think? I can't I think, think of anybody so. else. I mean, you know, Ronaldinho, no, you can't call him a bastard just because he made a clown out of David Did Seaman. his job, didn't he? He was doing what he's paid for. Yeah. Um, yeah, the King Bastard has to be that. Uh, but I tell you who I never had time for. Who's that? Is Oliver Kahn the Germany keeper. Yeah, he won he, the Golden Glove Award. Golden Glove. In but, this tournament. Yeah, Oliver Kahn, Oliver Kant, I used to call him. <laughs> oh. He was very arrogant. I didn't like him. I can't remember what he did in this tournament, but for me, he'll always be there or thereabouts when it comes to bastard awards. He was really good in this tournament. I think that's yeah. what the problem was. A, yeah. a very efficient and that's German how they, that's goalkeeper. that's they fucking got to the final. Okay, so we won't give it to him. Uh, give we'll, it to Rivaldo. We'll give it to Rivaldo. Yeah, yeah, we will. And, of course, in the final, Brazil won 2-0 against Germany. Ronaldo got his seventh and eighth goals of the tournament. Yeah. Brazil won it kind of by default by being just a bit better than everybody it else. It was one of those tournaments. There was not enough drama. It was almost so obvious all the way through that Brazil were destined yeah. to win it. And it wasn't necessarily a vintage Brazil team. It no. was just the team that was going to win the World Cup. And that's that. That's 2002. We're going to end with um, ITV's theme music from that tournament, which is um, pretty bog standard as well, isn't it? It's a samurai anthem yeah and in the opening titles if you remember they had gary newborn oh in yeah a silk sort of kimono, kimono wasn't it yeah and he had a huge samurai sword and was just doing a wonderful um demonstration of the art of samurai that's true in, in sort of slightly silhouetted that's right yes imagine that an erotic feel to it yeah. as well uh, which samurais often do. So anyway, so that was that. Uh, think about that while you listen to this wonderful piece and of music. I heard that he sliced Elton Wellsby's ass as well. You did. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 